Welcome to Mindful Moments of Mars. Mindful Moments of Mars is an audio experience. It's an audio experience that uses the writings of Edgar Rice Burroughs to explore mindfulness. Why would we want to explore mindfulness? Let's think of 17 reasons. <laughs> Didn't expect myself to say that, and yet I did. Number one, we have been reading the dictionary and have come across the definition of mindfulness and want to know more. Number two, we have just finished dinner and we're a little bit full and we can't really do something that involves moving around too much. Mindfulness, that's the thing we decide to do. Number three, um, we are a long haul truck driver and we're tired. We pulled into a truck stop and we need to refresh ourselves mentally. So we decide to take a mindful moment. Number four, um, we have accidentally drank a toxic chemical and we have been brought to the emergency room and doctors are working away on us and we're scared of what might happen. So we decide to be mindful and try and um, focus on things other than uh, what might happen if they are unable to remove this toxic chemical from our stomach. Um, number five, all of the above. Okay, so let's let's recap. All of the four things I've mentioned previously are all happening at once. Number one, we've just been reading the dictionary while having dinner. The dinner we're eating in a truck stop because we're a long haul truck driver. And also that's actually all that happened a few minutes ago, but now we're in the ER because um, the dinner we were having was actually laced with chemicals from a rival truck driver who wants to take our cargo. Those are five reasons. Um, the, the remaining 12 can be an exercise for you to work on at home because that took a lot out of me, and now I need to be mindful. I'm going to take a little breath. What's happening in the story, Jessman of Mars? Gek, the captor of Tower of Helium, who enjoys her singing, has just been told that he is going to be killed because he listens to her singing instead of just, you know, doing his job and keeping her locked up and he's told that by a character with a ridiculous voice who may or may not recur and if he does that voice may settle down into some different pattern than what it was in the first occurrence and so Gek has just has just agreed with this he said oh yeah I guess I'll be destroyed fair enough and and we continue Tower of Helium shot a look of amazement at him as they led her from the chamber over her shoulder, she called back to him. Remember, Gek, you still live. Then they led her along the interminable tunnels to where Lud awaited her. When she was conducted into his presence, he was squatting in a corner of the chamber upon his six spidery legs. Near the opposite wall lay his rykor, its beautiful form trapped in gorgeous harness, a dead thing without a guiding caldene. Lud dismissed the warriors who had accompanied the prisoner. Then he sat his, with his terrible eyes fixed upon her and without speaking for some time. 
Tarakelium could but wait. What was to come, she could only guess. When it came, would when it came would be sufficiently the time to meet it. Not sure if that's correct. There was no necessity for anticipating the end. Oh, this is very mindful stuff. Um, there's no 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 worry about something bad is about to happen, or maybe it's good. She doesn't know. Why why try and anticipate what it is? She'll just wait there until the thing happens. Presently, Lud spoke. You think to escape? He said, in the deadly, expressionless monotone of his kind, the only possible result of orally expressing reason uninfluenced by sentiment. You will not escape. You are merely the embodiment of two imperfect things. An imperfect brain and an imperfect body. The two cannot exist together in perfection. There you see a perfect body. He pointed toward the right core. It has no brain. Here, and he raised one of his chalet to his head, is the perfect brain. It needs no body to function perfectly and properly as a brain. You would pit your feeble intellect against mine. Even now, you are planning to slay me. If you are thwarted in what you expect to slay yourself. Maybe I misspoke there, so I'll say that sentence again. If you are thwarted in that, you expect to slay yourself. You will learn the power of mind over matter. I'm trying to decide how strong of an accent I have at the moment. But do not, be not concerned with that. I am the mind. You are the matter. What brain you have is too weak. I've decided I've got a stronger accent than I did at the beginning. What brain you have is too weak and ill-developed to deserve the name of brain. You have permitted it to be weakened by impulsive acts dictated by sentiment. It has no value. It has practically no control over your existence. You will not kill me. You will not kill yourself. When I am through with you, you shall be killed if it seems the logical thing to do. You have no conception of the possibilities for power which lie in a perfectly developed brain. Look again at that Rikor. He has no brain. He can move, but slightly of his own volition. An inherent mechanical instinct that we have permitted to remain in him allows him to carry food to his mouth. But he could not find food for himself. We have to place it within his reach and always in the same place. Should we put food at his feet and leave him alone, he would starve to death. But now watch what a real brain. Dip, dip, dip. I'm tapping, tapping my brain with one of my chile. Watch what a real brain tap, tap, tap may accomplish. He turned his eyes upon the Rikor and squatted there glaring at the insensate thing. Presently, to the girl's horror, the headless body moved. It rose slowly to its feet and crossed the room to Lud. 
It stooped and took the hideous head in its hands. It raised the head and set it on its shoulders. What chance have you against such power? asked Lud. As I did with the Rykor, so I can do with you. Tara of Helium made no reply. Evidently no vocal reply was necessary. You doubt my ability, stated Lud, which was precisely the fact, though the girl had only thought it, she had not said it. Lud crossed the room and lay down. Then he detached himself from the body and crawled across the floor until he stood directly in front of the circular opening through which she had seen him emerge the day that she had first been brought to his presence. He stopped there and fastened his terrible eyes upon her. He did not speak, but his eyes seemed to be boring straight to the center of her brain. She felt an almost irresistible force urging her toward the Caldene. She fought to resist it. She tried to turn away her eyes, but she could not. They were held as in horrid fascination upon the glittering, lidless orbs of the great brain that faced her. Slowly, every step a painful struggle of resistance, she moved toward the horrific monster. She tried to cry aloud in an effort to awaken her numbing faculties, but no sound passed her lips. If those eyes would but turn away just for an instant, she felt that she might regain power to control over her steps. But the eyes never left hers. They seemed but to burn deeper and deeper, gathering up every vestige of control of her entire nervous system. As she approached the thing, it backed slowly away upon its spider legs. She noticed that its chele waved slowly to and fro before it backed, backed, backed through the round aperture into the wall. Must she follow it there too? What new and nameless horror lay concealed in that chamber? No, she would not do it. Yet before she reached the wall, she found herself down and crawling upon her hands and knees straight towards the hole from which the two eyes still closed. At the very threshold of the opening, she made a last heroic stand battling against the force that drew her on, but in the end she succumbed. With a gasp that ended in a sob, Tower of Helium passed through the aperture into the chamber beyond. And with that um, loss of control, being hypnotized by a lobster spider creature, being taken into a small hole to be presumably eaten or dissected alive. Let's just take a, a, a slow breath and relax. Maybe let's do a little body scan. So imagine, let's, let's close our eyes and think first of all of our feet being eaten by a lobster spider creature and then move up to our knees being uh, removed from our body by the chile, the clasping lobster-like claws of this creature chopping away our knees and then up to our groin let's focus particularly on our groin this monster how uh, just just go into town with with its lobster claws and then the rest of our body and then let's take a breath and uh try and relax a little bit 